Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right. Good morning. Welcome to IC Made On. We went a little old school on that video there at the end. I hope that was okay. Uh, but it's good to see you guys. My name's Adam, if you're a guest with us, and I'm one of the pastors here at IC Maidan, and our lead pastor, Pastor Chris and Carrie, they've been away for a little while, but they're coming back in just two weeks, so we're super pumped about that. Uh, I'm sure if you've been coming uh, just while they've been gone, you probably have not met them, don't know them yet, so when they get back, uh, be sure, man, to introduce yourself to them. They are our incredible pastors, and they'd love to meet you. So they are really excited. We're really excited. It's going to be awesome. Uh, well, today we are doing this series called You Asked for it. And this is an awesome series. It's a lot of fun whenever we get to do this series uh, because you guys are the ones that determine what we talk about during the message on Sunday. And so I'm really excited about uh, the you asked for it today and the questions that you guys have sent us. Um, there have been lots of questions, actually. And lots of really good questions. In fact, uh, I'll, read a, I'll read the three that I'm going to cover today. Uh, I'm not going to cover them right now, but I'll tell you what they are. Number one, the first question we're going to do is, how can I be blessed? That's a great question. Uh, the second question, now this is probably uh, my personal favorite. It is, do you think God calls people, some people, to be single forever? That's a great question, right? Now, I'm going to answer that question later, um, and I love that question, but not because I think I'm called to be single forever, okay? I am not called to be single forever, okay? Mine is coming. I know it. I can feel it. I'm praying for it. Amen? Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Man, that's exciting. I feel like there's hope for me now. No. Anyways, that's going to be a great question. Uh, the third question we're going to answer, if I can find it, is, is it okay for Christians to be depressed? And do you have any advice for uh, Christians who are struggling with depression? That is a great question, and I cannot wait to answer it. Um, before we answer these questions, though... <clears throat> I want to uh, tell us, explain two really important things about what we believe as a church. Now, this is important for us. Uh, this is kind of down at the foundation of our belief system and how we believe and why we believe. Uh, but two things I want you to understand before I answer these. Number one, we believe the Bible is the Word of God, that it is entirely true, and that it is the final authority in all matters of faith and conduct. In other words, we believe the Bible is God's word, and he gave it to us to teach us how to live our lives here on this earth and in eternity with him. And so because we believe that, everything that we share with you is going to be from God's word. Every answer 
we give you uh, about these questions is going to be based on what the Bible has to say about it. So that's number one. Number two, what we need to understand, especially as a family here at IC Maidan, is that in, in the essentials, we have unity. And in the non-essentials, we have liberty. What does that mean? Well, in things that we consider essential to our faith, essential to salvation, to knowing Jesus, in those topics and those things, we have unity. That means we are all on the same page. For instance, um, if you think about one of the things that is essential to our faith, um, Jesus, the fact that we believe he lived a sinless life, he was perfect, he died on a cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven, he was buried in a tomb where he stayed for three days before he rose from the dead to give us a new life and so that we could have salvation. That is an essential belief of Christianity. In fact, if you take that away from our faith, you're left with nothing. That is the foundation of Christianity. And so in topics like these, in beliefs like these, things that are essential to our faith, we have unity. So we're all on the same page. But in things that are not essential, in other words, things that don't necessarily make it or break it, things that you know, aren't necessarily at the foundation of our faith, things that are not essential for salvation, in any of these things, we have liberty. That means it's okay if we believe differently about these types of things. It's okay to be able to talk and to discuss certain things um, in a healthy way. We have liberty. We can do that. Uh, none of us think that we know it all. None of us think that we have all of the answers to life's questions. So in the non-essentials, we have liberty. All right, now that we understand those two things, let's go ahead and get to question number one. How can I be blessed? How can I be blessed? I'm pretty sure everybody wants to be blessed, right? Everybody wants to be blessed. Everyone wants to live a life that is blessed. And when you're talking about being blessed, that's really a wide subject, right? That, that's kind of, it, it's a really vague topic because you could be blessed in all kinds of ways, right? Being blessed, I mean, you could be blessed financially, of course. You could be blessed uh, with the job that you have. You could be uh, blessed in your family relationships. You can be blessed in all sorts of different ways. But the question that we want to answer is how can I be How can I make sure? What is it that I need to do in order to allow God to bless my life? What do we do? Well, the Bible actually has a lot to say about blessing and about how to be blessed. And so I'm going to share uh, three things, three ways I think that we can live a blessed life in general, a life that is filled with blessing. Number one, if you want to be blessed, practice God's word. If you want to be blessed, practice God's word. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. He said, blessed are those who hear the word of God 
and obey it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, now how does that make you blessed? Why does that make you blessed? Well, it's very simple. It's just like I said earlier. The Bible is full of wisdom. The, the Bible teaches us how to live the best life that we can live here on this earth. It gives us instructions about how to live. And, and it really gives us instructions about all, almost all areas of our life. Almost everything you face in your life, you can find scripture to help you face it. You can find scripture that will give you wisdom about how to deal with that situation, about how to handle your finances, about how to uh, treat your relationships. It doesn't matter if it's your husband or your wife or, I mean, it talks about how to treat your employees and how to, if you're an employer, how to treat, uh, or if you're an employee, how to treat your boss. It teaches us all kinds of things about how to live and how to get the most out of the life that we live here on earth. And so it's very simple. If you want to be blessed, do God's word. Listen to God's word. Know God's word and put it into practice. In other words, if the Bible says, hey, it is wise to do this, then go ahead and put that into practice. Try doing it and see what happens as a result. Why? We just believe that God knows best. He created us. He created this world. So who better to tell us how to live out our life than the one who created us? So if you want to be blessed, practice God's word. Number two, if you want to be blessed, trust God's ways. This is what Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 through 8 says. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Man, that's such an awesome picture of what someone's life looks like when they're blessed, right? That's an awesome picture of what I think all of us would love for our, our life to look like, right? Like a, like a tree that's planted by a river. Even though the, the circumstances could be dry, right? There could be a drought, you know, maybe things aren't happening the way, income's not coming in, uh, uh, my life just doesn't feel blessed. But if you're planted like this tree by the river, even when things are difficult, even when things are, are not going the way that you thought they would, you can still be blessed. Even if you don't have everything that you think you need, you can still be blessed. How? By putting our trust, our hope, our confidence in God. Now, that's not, that's not always easy, right? It's not always easy. Why? Well, the Bible explains that, that the way that God thinks about our life and the way that he perceives our life is different than the way we perceive it. It's different than the way that we think. 
In fact, it says the way that, that God accomplishes things, the way that he goes about doing things in you and through you is different than the way that we would normally do those things. Sometimes he does things that, that we can't understand. Sometimes he allows things into our life that we can't understand. But what's incredible about God is that he can take all of those things, all of those situations, all of those circumstances, and use them to bless your life. But in order to do that, we have to put our trust in him. We have to say, God, I don't know what you're doing in my life. I don't know why I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. I don't know why I can't, uh, I can't do what it is that I want to do. But God, I trust you. I put my hope in you. I put my confidence in you. I, I'm not going to be shaken by my circumstances. I'm like a tree planted by a river. My hope is in you, Jesus. So if you want to be blessed, trust God's ways. And then number three, if you want to be blessed, be generous with God's blessing. Now, I love this scripture. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 through 11. It says this, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In other words, God is able to bless you. In fact, God wants to bless you. And not just in one area of your life. God wants you to be blessed in every area of your life. He says God can bless you in all things at all times, having all that you need so that you will abound in every good work. Then he keeps going. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of righteousness. And then it says, you will be enriched or blessed in every way. Why? Why does God want to bless you in every area of your life? Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Why does God bless us? Why would God want to bless us? He blesses us so that we can be generous. Now listen, this is not just talking about giving, right? This says, this says be generous in every way, on every occasion, God wants, you to bless, wants to bless you in every era of your life so that you can take that and be generous. Now listen, giving is what you do, but being generous, that's about who you are. Being generous happens right here on the inside, in your heart. That's where generosity begins. It's easy to give something. What's, dif what's difficult is to become a person who is generous in every way. 
Now, God's not just interested in giving. God's interested in your generosity in, in every area of your life. That means sometimes we, we need to be generous maybe with our, with our hands. We need to be generous with, with our words. We should be generous with our encouragement. We should be generous with our smile, right? If God is blessing you in your life, if, you're, if you have a life full of joy, God never intended for that joy to stop with you. God says, no, I want to give you joy so that it will overflow in your life and so that you can offer that joy to others who also need joy in their life. God wants to bless you so that you can be generous, so that you can bless others as well. Why? Because it's not, you know, you know, I think oftentimes when we think about being blessed, we're, we're really just thinking about our own life, our own self. God, I want to be blessed so that I can have what I want, or I want to be blessed so that I can be what I want. And God's saying, man, I want you to be blessed so you can bless others. I, if, if, if I bless you, what are you going to do with my blessing? If I bless you, if I give you all that you need in every situation, in every area of your life, are you going to take that and keep it for yourself? Or are you going to be someone who's generous and says, man, God has blessed me. I want to take this and bless those around me. That's a heart of generosity. So if you want to be blessed, be generous with God's blessing. All right. That's question number one. I'm going to move on, and I'm going to get to question number two. And now, again, this is, man, I'm really excited, really excited about this question. I think this is a good one. Here's the question. Do you think God calls some people to be single forever or single for the rest of their life? This is a great question. Um, I think lots of people have asked themselves this question. I know I've, I've asked myself this question, and I've already come up with the answer. I told you that earlier. Um, no, but this is a great question, and, and I have throughout my life asked myself this. And I think that this question, you know, does God call people to be single for the rest of their life, as if that's God's calling for their life, you know, if, as if he's planned for them to be single uh, forever. I think that this question comes uh, vaguely from the Bible. I think the scripture, actually the Bible has a lot to say uh, about marriage, about singleness, um, but I, I think that this question has come from scriptures that have to deal with this topic, uh, but maybe it hasn't been explained very well. In fact, I want to read a scripture that is actually kind of controversial in the church when it, when it talks about marriage and getting married. Um, and so I think that this will be really helpful in answering this question. So I'm going to start in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25. It says, now regarding your question, <laughs> that's kind of funny, regarding your question about the young women who are not yet married, apparently this church also had some questions about this topic. So that's good. That means, hey, we're normal, right? We're struggling with the same thing. So regarding your question about young women who are not yet married, I do not have a command from the Lord for them. 
Now, that's an important statement. In other words, what he's saying is, listen, I, I, I'm talking to, to everybody right now, okay? I don't have, you know, I'm not saying God is commanding all of you uh, to do this or to not do this. I, 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 I don't have a command from the Lord, but he says, the Lord has in his mercy given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. In other words, this isn't necessarily a command from God, but I do believe God has given me wisdom, and and I want want to share that with you. So here it is. This is what he has to say. Because of the present crisis, I think it is best to remain as you are. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles. And I am trying to spare you those problems. Now, in other words, what Paul is saying is during, he says during this present crisis. What is the present crisis? Well, when Paul was writing this, the church had been and was going through persecution. The government was persecuting the Christians. They were being imprisoned. They were being uh, killed for their faith and what they believe. And so Paul says in this present crisis, during this time when all of these things are going on, I think it's wise to just stay the way that you are. If you're married, just stay married. But if you're not married, it's best not to get married because if you do during this time, during this crisis, it's going to make things very difficult for you. You're going you're gonna to bring more problems into your life than you would if you would just stay single. And so Paul's advice for their time and for uh, what they were going through was to stay single so that they wouldn't have to, uh, so that they could avoid all of those problems. Well, then he continues and he says in verse 32, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit. Not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Now, this is scripture can be a little bit difficult to understand, but what Paul is saying is he, he's really giving you the cons behind getting married. The, He's telling you uh, what, what, what you will miss out on if you do get married. He says, listen, if you're married, if a husband is married, 
He cannot be fully devoted to God. He cannot be 100% committed to, to God and what God wants him to do. Why? Because he has to think about his wife and her needs, and he has to be responsible to take care of her, right? In other words, you know, if, if for, for me in my life, you know, I, I actually struggled with this for a while early on when I was pursuing uh, ministry. I was dating this girl, and um, I had read this scripture over and over and over again, and, and I always kind of felt like I was missing out on something. Because when I started to just become a Christian, and I had been dating her throughout for the, for the last uh, year, two years, I had been dating her while going to school uh, to be a minister. And it got to the point where I realized, even though I wasn't married, this scripture really described what was going on in my life. I was distracted. I was distracted. I, I had to be so concerned about my girlfriend that, that I could not focus 100% of what I was doing, what I felt like God was wanting me to do in that season, on him. And so it got to the point where I realized what I believed was God was calling me to be single for a season. See, I didn't necessarily believe that that meant I had to be single forever. I just believed that in this season of my life when I'm serving God and I'm, and I'm studying and I'm trying to get from point A to point B, maybe it's best for me to be single so that I can focus on what God has called me to do. Now, like any calling in life, because that's the question, does God call us to be single forever? Or does God call some people to be single forever? With any calling in your life, with anything you feel like God is calling you to do, he, he never gives you the, the full picture, right? He doesn't necessarily say, hey, Adam, you're going to be uh, a pastor at Icy Maidan, and you're going to do that for the rest of your life. In fact, when I first started in ministry, I had no idea. I didn't even know where Indonesia was, okay? Didn't even know it existed, but I didn't have to. I didn't have to worry about what is God going to call me to do in the future. Instead, I just had to focus and ask myself the question, what has God called me to do right now? What is God calling me to do in this season of my life? And so I think a good question to ask yourself, whether, considering whether or not you should get married or stay single, is this. In light of my present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? Because that's how Paul addressed this issue in the scripture he said, listen, in this present time, during these present circumstances, with what's going on around us, here's what I think is the wise thing to do. And so I think that's a good question if you're considering whether or not you should date or get married or stay single. Ask yourself, hey, in light of my present circumstances and what's going on in my life, is it wise to get married or is it more wise to stay single? Another question you could ask is, in light of the, the way that God has called me to serve him, what is the wise thing to do? 
in light of what I think God is calling me to do right now in this season of my life, is it, is it more wise to get married or is it more wise to stay single? What has God called me to do in this season of my life? Now, I would say um, that you, you need to walk this out with a mentor, with someone that, uh, that you trust, that you can talk to uh, about what's going on in your life. Sometimes the people around us know better what's good for us than we do, right? Normally, they can see things that we don't see. And, and normally, they can tell us things that are, are true without our emotions getting in the way and, and deceiving us. But, but I think if you will just ask yourself, hey, what is the wise thing to do in this season of my life? Then you can, you can rest and be sure that you're doing what God's called you to do. And listen, if, if God moves you along and he wants to bring you into a different season and he brings someone into your life, then that's great. That's incredible. Sometimes God brings someone into our life so that we can serve him better than we could if we were on our own. But what's important is not to know, has God called me to be single forever? It's to know, what has God called me to be right now in this season of my life? So that is how I would uh, answer the question. However, I'm not married, so I understand that I probably don't know all there is to know about this subject. So I just wanted to give you one resource. If this is something that you're thinking about, if this is a question you have, uh, there is a website that I love to go to called moralrevolution.com. And this is uh, this site, they've got all kinds of stuff about dating, about marriage, about singleness. Um, I can't vouch for everything that they post, but from what I've read, uh, it's a great Great website. They like they write lots of great articles, have lots of great wisdom. So if you want more information on that, I would say go check that website out. And talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Talk to people that you're close with that care about you. All right, question number three. Is it okay for Christians to be depressed? And do you have any advice about how to experience God when you are depressed? Man, this is such, an, such a great question. I'm so glad that this question was asked. And, and the reason that I'm glad it was asked is because I know that probably every person in this room has, is, or will be struggling with depression at some point in your life. And before I answer this question, first I want you to know this. If you are a Christian and you are struggling with depression, you are normal. You're normal. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your Christianity. It doesn't mean that you're not a good Christian. Just because you are a Christian does not mean that you will not struggle with depression. Depression is a very real thing. Depression happens uh, in our lives. It comes and goes in seasons. Sometimes it sticks around for some of us longer than others. But, but, but depression is something that we have to deal with as humans. So if you do struggle with depression and you are a Christian, it's okay. It's okay. 
I, I myself even struggle with seasons of depression in my own life. I have uh, really struggled with depression since I was a very young boy. I struggled with uh, seasons of depression in my life. In my, you know, my parents would take me to counselors and, 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 and people in the church and, and all kinds of different things. Um, but I've struggled with depression. And, and, and I still, to this day, have seasons where I struggle with depression. And I get depressed for different reasons. Um, you know, sometimes I get depressed because of the circumstances that are going on in my life. You know, sometimes I get, I get depressed because, because things just aren't the way that I want them to be. Sometimes I get depressed because I'm, I, I'm really looking for something and I really want something to be a certain way or I want to experience a certain thing and it's just not happening and I feel like there's no hope and it'll never happen. And, and, and that can cause me to become depressed. Sometimes I get depressed because of unmet expectations, right? I, I think, man, this is going to work like this, or, or I'm really looking forward uh, to when this happens in, in my life, and, and then that expectation never gets met. I never end up getting to do what it is I wanted to do. I never get to have what it is I wanted to have. And so my, my expectations are unmet, and that causes me to become depressed. And then there are times where I just struggle with depression for what seems like no. I, I mean, everything in life could be great, and, and everything's going well, and nothing's really wrong, but for some reason... I'm depressed. I have no joy. I have no peace. It's like the life has been sucked out of me. Everything is bland and boring. Sometimes I just get depressed for no reason at all. In fact, in fact, I love what I heard a pastor in the States say yesterday. His name is Pastor Rich Wilkerson uh, Jr., and he said this, he was preaching about uh, depression and, and mental illness, and he said this, sickness is not a sign of weakness or sin, and it is not your identity. It is okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. It's not okay to stay that way. Why? Because God never intended for you to live a life filled with depression. He never intended you to walk through life with no joy and no peace and no life. In fact, listen to what Jesus does have planned for you. He says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. The, the enemy's purpose is to rob you of your joy, to rob you of your life. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, a life filled with joy, a life filled with blessing, a life filled with, with inner peace, not, not necessarily because everything is, is going well and not necessarily because life is great, but because we know Jesus. He wants to give us a life filled with joy and with peace. He doesn't want us to be depressed. Not only that, if you are a Christian and you do struggle with depression, 
The Bible has good news for you today. It says this in Psalm chapter 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. In other words, if you are a Christian and you struggle with depression, you are in the perfect place for God to come close to you and rescue you and give you your joy back. That's what God wants to do in your life. And if you're depressed, all that means is that you have an opportunity for God to do something incredible in your life. So, on to the second part of this question. Do you have any advice about how to experience God when you are depressed? I'm just going to give you uh, one scripture And this is several verses, but it's in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And and, and this is really uh, the, the advice from God's word about how to experience God when you are depressed. Now, before I read that, I do need to say that if you do struggle with depression... You you need to go to God's word. You need to know how to experience uh, God and his presence, even in the midst of your depression. But there are things that you can do in order to help you get over your depression, in in order to help you discover why it is you might be depressed, so that you can get to the root of the problem. Listen, if you need to go to a counselor, go to a counselor. If you need to talk to your friend, if you need to open up to somebody and let someone come into your life and minister to you and walk with you through your depression, then you need to do that. But there are also ways to experience God even when you are depressed. There are ways that you can, you can rely on God for your joy and your peace even when things are difficult. This is what it says in Philippians chapter 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Always be full of joy in the Lord. In other words, God wants you to be filled with joy always, all the time. He doesn't want you to have to live your life in depression And then it says this in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. In other words, listen, if you are struggling with depression, if there's something going on in your life that's causing you to be depressed, you can tell God about it. You can be honest with God. In fact, he says, tell me, pray about everything, every detail of your life. Listen, you will never bore God with the details of your life. He is interested in what you feel. He is interested in what you're going through. And he says, and he actually welcomes you to come and to talk to him about it. But don't stop there. It says, and... Thank him for all he has done. You know, sometimes I think we get so depressed because we're so focused on what we don't have, and we forget to thank God for what we do have. And he's saying, listen, 
Come to me with your needs. Tell me what's going on in your life. But while you're doing that, go ahead and cultivate a heart of gratitude. A heart that says, man, God, not everything in my life is going perfect. Not everything is well. But, but here are some things that I am thankful for. And remind yourself about the good things that you do have in your life. And then in verse 7, if you do this, it says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you want the joy that Jesus offers, it is found in his presence. His joy is found in him. And if you want to live filled with joy, you need to live filled with Jesus. You've got to make sure that your relationship with him is where it needs to be. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. There's one more thing I want you to know. One more thing that you can do to experience God's of your depression. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, sometimes we need to get our mind off of our depression. We need to get our mind off of that thing that is causing us to be depressed. And we need to fix our minds on better things. We need to fix our minds on things that are good and lovely and pure and right and honorable. Where is your focus at? He says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. If you are a Christian and you struggle with depression, you can experience God's peace. You can live a life full of joy the only way to do it is through knowing Jesus, having a relationship with him, being honest about how you feel and what you think, bringing all of your needs to him. And when you do, go ahead and remind yourself about all of the things that you do have, about all of the good things that God has brought into your life. Now, all three of these questions today that we answered and we talked about. All three of these questions, at the very root of them, there is somebody with a need. There's somebody with a need. That's why these questions are being asked. How can I be blessed? Somebody is in need of being blessed. I'm single. Am I called to be single forever? Somebody needs, maybe somebody feels like they need a partner. I'm depressed. Is it, is it okay? Is it right for, for Christians to struggle with depression? Somebody needs their joy back. Behind every one of these questions, somebody has a need. 
And that's why I want to read this last scripture for you. These are the words of Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 12. He says, seek the kingdom of God above everything else. And I will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else in your life. You don't have to worry about what's coming. You don't have to worry about the future. You don't have to worry about whether my plan is a good plan or not a good plan. You you don't have to worry about those things. Instead, I want you to focus on me, my kingdom. What have I called you to do? What is my purpose for you in this season? If you seek after my kingdom, seek after me, I will provide you with everything that you need. That is a promise for every single person in this room today. Often, I think we get caught up. We, we, seek, we end up seeking the, the gift, not necessarily the giver, right? We, we get caught up seeking after that thing that we feel like we need. I, I need to be blessed, so we're seeking blessing. I, I need a spouse, so I'm pursuing that. I'm, I'm seeking after a person. I'm depressed. I, I'm seeking after joy. God says, listen, you're seeking the wrong thing. I know what you need. You're my child. I'm your father. You don't have to waste your time pursuing these things instead seek after me seek after my kingdom run hard after my purpose for your life and i will give you everything you need i will be your provider i will be a good father to you would you stand with me this morning before we close i just want to take a moment and pray for us i realize that in this room, there are lots of needs represented, not just the ones that, that people have based on these questions, but there are lots of, lots of needs represented in this room. And, and that's why I wanted to share this scripture, because listen, it doesn't matter what you need. What matters is who can meet that need. In fact, I would say we, we, we should get our minds off of what we need and focus on the one who can meet that need. Only God can meet the needs that you have in your life. Let's seek after him. Let's run after him. And let's see what God does. Let's, let's watch and see how he blesses our life. Let's, let's watch and see how he brings into our lives the things that we need. Let's watch and see how he restores us our joy. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm so thankful for your word today, Father. I'm so thankful, Jesus, that we can ask the, the tough questions God, I'm thankful that that we can come to you with with the things that we struggle with. We don't have to be shy about about talking to you about how we feel and what we need and what we're struggling with and what we're going through, Jesus. But we can come to you, Father, 
with all that we need. And we can trust that you, our Father, are going to give us whatever it is that we need. Jesus, I pray that as a church that we would be people that don't necessarily seek after our needs. We don't seek after the gifts. We seek the giver. We seek the one who can meet the need. We run after the kingdom. We pursue our purpose and our destiny. We do whatever it takes to do all that God has called us to do. And Jesus, along the way, we believe that you will meet our needs. We believe that you will bring into our life anything that is good for us and take out of our life anything that is not healthy. We trust you this morning, Jesus. We love you, Father. I pray you bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 